welcome to another episode of Panel Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Dominique, and come chat with me while we talk about comics, graphic novels, and manga. So, I always start with so. <laughs> so, uh, my partner and I went and saw the Demon Slayer movie a couple weeks ago, and can I just say that the movie was perfect. So I only read the manga up to book four and watched the remainder of the episodes on either Hulu or Funimation. Uh, But my partner has read uh, pretty much the entire series that's out in America. So we knew what was going to happen in the movie. And no, I'm not going to spoil what happened. You're just going to have to watch it or read it yourselves to find out uh, what made this movie so good. Um, the one thing that I didn't really like, uh, was the fact that we had to go inside of a movie theater in the middle of a pandemic. And, um, some people were not respecting social distancing rules. Um, like there was a family with a bunch of kids who tried to have their toddler sit in the chair next to me where my bag was sitting. And normally I would have moved my bag and let the kids sit there, but... Not only were these people loud and rude as fuck, (laughs) I know uh, for a fact that they didn't pay for that chair because it was a chair specifically reserved for social distancing. So I didn't move my bag (laughs) and ignored the kid. Um, That might make me sound like a horrible person, but actually I was being an upstanding member of society because (laughs) I was protecting the kid and myself from COVID. (laughs) So yeah, um, and throughout the movie, people were smacking on their popcorn, waving phones in the air to signal other people, uh, laughing at shit that wasn't there for comedic relief. Uh, So yeah, I uh, highly suggest watching this movie at home on streaming networks or simply just reading the manga. It's like $10 for a volume, so it's cheaper than a movie ticket. Um, Which brings me right into my first segment, which is about how much money I spend on books. I'm not going to include regular word-on-page books because, let's be honest, I thrift most of those. uh, Most of those books and hardly ever get them at full price. Uh, I think the last few books that I thrifted were uh, some well-known poetry books. I got Milk and Honey and The Sun and Her Flowers, both by Rupi Kaur, for like half the price of what new copies were. Um, I bought them at a bookstore near where I live called Half Price Books. Um, if they exist outside of the Atlanta area, please go check them out if you don't live here in Atlanta. Um, and then I also got two books by R.H. Sin. Uh, I can't remember right now which two I have, but I think it's the second and third. Yeah, that's right, because I don't have the first. Uh, so I have the second book, which is Whiskey Words and a Shovel Part 2 in paperback, and I have the Part 3 in paperback. Um, and guess where I got those from? Goodwill. (laughs) I used to work at a bookstore, so I know that those books have a retail price of, I believe, uh, $15 or $16, and I got them for 99 cents. Uh, (laughs) Goodwill sells uh, adult paperback books for 99 cents, I believe. So yeah, I lucked out. Um, But basically, poetry and fiction and nonfiction books, I usually just thrift them. But when it comes to manga and graphic novels, I buy them brand new. Um, I think in one of my earlier episodes, I listed all of the graphic novels and manga that I have. Uh, Well, I purchased a few more after the fact. So my collection has gone up and everything uh, is bought brand new, reordered, or bought in mint condition if I thrifted it. I think that one of the few things that I thrifted is the first five books of the Rave Master series by Hiro Mashima. 
Um, they had it at half price books for five ninety nine a copy. So I bought the first five because I uh, had never heard of the series before and I wanted to be sure that I liked it uh, before I bought the rest. Unfortunately, that series did not hold my attention for very long. Uh, so I actually made a good choice in not buying the whole series. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it just reminded me way too much of Fairy Tale by the same author. And um, I didn't want to see the same characters in a different story, pretty much. Some people like that sort of thing, but I'd rather not read about them in a different world. Um, yeah, so we're just going to go ahead and go right into the next segment, which is basically me going through some graphic novels that uh, have come out, and I'm surprised that I haven't read them yet. Um, so I could have been typical and picked a bunch of things from the 100 best comics and graphic novels, according to NPR. But here in this podcast, we don't want to be typical. <laughs> um, if I actually ever develop an audience, I'd be surprised because I just really woke up one day and decided to go with the most niche topics I could think of. But uh, <laughs> if this podcast ends up doing well, then I'd be pleasantly surprised. Um, anyways, so the books that I chose are things that I hadn't even heard of until recently. So let's go ahead and start. Um, so the first book that I stumbled across is called Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer by David Crownson. <laughs> and the first thing that I thought to myself was, am I going to see Tanjiro in this? <laughs> but yeah, in all, in all seriousness, I thought that this was going to be something that was a manga or translate as a manga. But to my surprise, it's just a regular comic book. Um, I don't know if y'all remember, uh, remember the book and movie Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, I think that's what it was called, uh, but this definitely gives me some of the same vibes as when I first heard of that. So I'm gonna go ahead and read the synopsis. Um, when slave owners can't stop the powerful ninja warrior Harriet Tubman, they enlist the help of vampires, demons, witches, and werewolves to stop her. Harriet Tubman must lead a family of runaways to freedom while battling an army of darkness. Those slave owners wanted to keep their slaves so bad <laughs> that they went against their own religions <laughs> and summoned demonic creatures and witches. Um, they couldn't just leave her alone. They were like, nah, we're going to send some demons after her. <laughs> but I'm probably going to read this sometime soon. Uh, but I want to go ahead and talk about the next few books because I've got a handful of them that I want to go over today. Okay, so the next book that I can't believe I haven't read yet is called Multiple Warheads by Brandon Graham. Um, I've actually heard of the graphic novel before, but I just never got a chance to read it. Uh, but basically, from what I've heard, it's a really artistic book, and anyone with a creative bone in their body uh, should read it. So I'm going to go ahead and read the synopsis. By the way, <laughs> I got the last synopsis directly from Amazon, and this one is coming from Goodreads, which is a great website to track books that you're reading, um, what you want to read, and what some of your favorites are. So I've been using, I've been a user of Goodreads since 2011 or 2012. So it's something that I've been actively using since I was a teenager. Um, I'm not sponsored by them or anything. This is just me throwing a good word out to them because I've been a member of it so, for so long. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, go ahead and read that synopsis. Wolf War Three ended uh, 50 years ago and snow has been falling on Dead City for almost as long. A war-torn wasteland that stinks of radiation, dust, and broken dreams. It's the, it's the town Sexica and Nikolai call home, but not for long. They're packing up their cyber-organic hybrid car and hitting the road. 
Soon, maybe all of the pain, mayhem, and spaceship crashes that plague their lives will be reduced to nothing more than memories. Okay, can I just say what kind of name is Sexica? <laughs> it sounds like this person is obsessed, obsessed with uh, sex or something. Um, I mean, at least it's not a typical name like Lily or Jessica or some bullshit name that every author comes up with. Uh, I still can't believe I haven't read this yet because almost every platform I use to read comics has suggested this to me. But I'm definitely going to make an effort to read this one either next or as soon as possible. But like I said earlier, um, I'm in the middle of reading other things, specifically Lower Olympus and the Promised Neverland book 19 just came out. So I'll be taking a break from Lore to read this. Uh, and then I've accumulated the first six books of Plus Size Elf. So after I'm done reading all those, <laughs> I'll read this. Normally, if it's a smaller series, I'll fit that between some of the bigger series that I'm reading. Um, but I believe there are four volumes of this thing, so it's not going to be something quick and easy to read. Alright, so the next book that I want to talk about is called, please forgive me for this pronunciation, <laughs> but Unterzaken, Unterzaken by Leela Corman. I really hope that I said that correctly. <laughs> anyway, um, so let's go ahead and read that synopsis. I also got the synopsis from Goodreads. Uh, for six-year-old Esther and Fania, the teeming streets of New York's Lower East Side circa 1910 are both a fascinating playground and a place where life's lessons are learned quickly and often cruelly. In drawings that capture both the uh, tumult, tumult, I wish I could say that right, and the telling details of that street life, Unterzan, Yiddish for underthings, tells the story of these sisters as wide-eyed little girls absorbing the sights and sounds of neighborhood and of struggling sorry sounds of a neighborhood of struggling immigrants as teenagers taking their own tentative steps into a into the wilder world wider world esther working for a woman who's run who runs both a burlesque theater and a whorehouse fania for an obstetrician who also performs illegal abortions uh, and finally, as adults battling for their own piece of the golden land, where the difference between just barely surviving and triumphantly succeeding involves, for each of them, pa painful decisions that will unavoidably, uh, will have unavoidably tragic repercussions. Wow, I fucking butchered that. <laughs> I don't know why I can't read that. I think it's just because I ate some broccoli and I'm like trying to hold back a burp. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so this sounds like something that's going to be a really heavy read. Um, and I got to be honest, uh, probably going to put this one on the back burner for a little bit. Um, I haven't really been in the mood for stuff that's extremely dark after reading a book that I'm going to talk about in the third segment. But um, it seems like a book that's going to stick with me for a while. So I can just mentally prepare for that. Okay. So the next book on this list is called Mega Hex by Simon Hanselman. Um, and not gonna lie, I already started reading it because I rented it out on Hoopla uh, shortly after writing my outline. Um, first thing that I'm gonna say is that this isn't the first time I've heard of the name Megan Mog. I don't know if anyone is familiar with this, but there was a comic strip um, in the early... 70s called Megan Mog spelled with one G instead of two um, and it's almost the same concept just the story of Meg the Witch, Mog the Cat, and the Friend Owl um, but this is a children's book uh, I think that 
Simon Hanselman may have gotten inspiration from this and turned it into an adult graphic novel series because uh, they are definitely not the same Megan Mog from the children's stories. <laughs> uh, they are um, complete assholes. <laughs> but can I just say how much of an asshole the main character and her cat is? Um, and when I say asshole, I literally mean asshole. Like, I don't mean a little bit of an asshole. I mean a lot of an asshole. Like, in one panel, their friend and roommate needs to take a shit, and he accidentally leaves the key inside. <laughs> and Megan Mog, the two main characters, definitely not protagonist, uh, don't let him back in. So, uh, he ends up shitting behind a tree in the yard, and a dog comes and starts eating his shit, <laughs> and then Al falls to the ground, and the dog starts licking his shitty ass. <laughs> like, this is a grimy-ass comic, and not gonna lie, a lot of the material would be deemed offensive in today's age. Like, they don't say the N-word or the F-slur or anything, but there is definitely some thin lines being crossed when it comes to sexual assault, and the main characters, um... This is why I do not refer to them as protagonists. Act like Owl is uh, over-exaggerating when it comes to using the art term. Uh, because it, and I quote, was all in good fun and just a joke. Insane. <laughs> so this book is actually pretty offensive. But I feel like the point of the series is to make you as the reader absolutely hate these drug-addicted weirdos who have no sense of humanity which in this case, the author does a really good job of portraying them. Um, I haven't read the other two yet, or the other few. I don't know how many there are. I think there's a decent amount of them. But uh, I'm definitely looking forward to reading the rest. I'm kind of upset, though, because I read Mega Hex first, and that is actually the second book in the series. Um, I believe the order is Life Zone, released in 2013, Mega Hex, released in 2014, Worst Behavior, released in 2015, Megan Mog in Amsterdam, released in 2016, One More Year, released in 2017, and Bad Gateway, released in 2019. Um, also, I saw in Comixology that you can pre-order his book Crisis Zone, which hasn't been released yet, but I believe that it's part of the same series. Uh, either way, I'm excited about how much... Um, I'm going to hate the main characters in the other books. I may go ahead and read Megan Mog in Amsterdam because Hoopla has it. And it's not really something that you need to read in order too much. Uh, some other books that I should probably mention because I want to read these as well, but I just didn't have the time to talk about them are Tomboy, a graphic novel by Liz Prince, Plate Tectonics by Margot Moten, um, and Moved to Los Angeles to Work in Animation by Natalie Norigat. Gender Queer, a memoir by Mayako Bobby, uh, Dumb by Georgia Weber, and An Age of License by Lucy uh, Kinsley or Ninsley. Um, but eventually I'll read these and they will end up being in one of my future recent read segments. <laughs> and with that, we're going to go ahead and hop into segment three, which is and always will be what I'm currently reading. Uh, so the first thing that I read this week was called Today is the Last Day of the Rest of Your Life by Uli Lust. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, anyway, it's a great read. Um, it really shows the rawness of train hopping and traveling illegally in the 80s. Uh, rape culture is very significant in this book, and it's kind of depressing to see how almost every single man she met tried to take advantage of her. Um, oh yeah, and I have to speak about this. One thing that I don't like at all, 
in this graphic novel was how they portrayed black people. Um, I understand that the events of the book take place in the 80s, but the book was published in 2013 and the author had to have absolutely known that coloring in people of color fully black is ridiculous. Shading would have been more precise. Um, it's actually kind of offensive. And I don't know if I would give this book a good rating solely because of how she drew the black characters. Now, there is a panel that resonated with me. So in this panel, Uli meets a monk uh, who teaches her about enlightenment. He says, and I quote, the first degree of stillness is physical. It is necessary to remain motionless in order to reach a higher level. The second degree of stillness consists in the becoming of feelings. The third is the becoming of thoughts. When you achieve this stillness, your spirit can take flight and seek out places that it has never before seen. And then Uli replies smartly with, that's exactly what I'm doing. and I don't have to sit around to do it either. <laughs> And I think this is funny because she's a homeless traveler. And I think it probably humbled him a little bit um, to see the similarities between the two. Even though um, monks are typically hum humble, this particular one did seem a little arrogant. Like he knew more than everyone else. I'm sorry if you're hearing a lot of noise around me. It is a very busy day outside and cars are just driving, 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 driving. And it's just really annoying because I'm trying to record. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going uh, to move on to the next piece I read this week, and this is called Alt-Life by Thomas K. Dean and Joseph Felsen. Um, this is a very imaginative piece. Um, I'm kind of associating this book with Alienation by Inez Estrada because it's very similar to it with the concept of virtual reality being something that you can not only see and hear, but feel and use to feed off of. Um, I'm sorry, and feed off of. Like, you can eat. Um... There was a lot of sex in this piece as well. Uh, it's definitely not safe for work, which I figured out the hard way because my dumbass tried to read it at work. <laughs> but it was basically a commentary about how life sucks. Um, well, there is no alternative for the way uh, being alive makes you feel. Um, you've got the two main characters who, despite being in a virtual reality um, and being able to create whatever and whoever they like you want, uh, they still fell in love with each other um there's nothing like basic human interaction um although it's a bit different because people can change their faces and their bodies uh so you could be talking to me but also not talking to me like it would be me but I'd probably make myself 100 pounds lighter <laughs> but yeah anyway it's such a crazy book that needs to be read uh there was one tiny minor problem that this graphic novel um uh, with uh that was in it that I didn't like so much basically the entire book was in cursive <laughs> now I'm not saying that I can't read cursive or that it took any value away from the actual book it's just that the way that my eyes are I have to strain to read cursive and there were times where my eyes were just like screaming please give me a break <laughs> so I just had to close my eyes and not look at the page for a few minutes and I think this is something that we need to stop doing I get it um Certain prints make certain graphic novels a bit more dramatic and gives it more flair and goes with the aesthetic of the book. Um, but at least release a version of the book with plain New Times Roman font. Like, because Jesus fucking Christ, it was hard to read. But <laughs> other than that, it was great. Um, so I finally got around to reading Pinky and Pepper by Ivy Adams and the second part, Pinky and Pepper Forever. 
Um, and can I just say how fucking odd this piece was? Odd is good, though, because I honestly prefer the really odd comics compared to the more structured ones. Don't get me wrong, though, the structured comics are still fascinating, and I absolutely love the pure artistic skill in these, and them typically having a really good storyline on top of that. But what I love to see any day, way more than beautiful art, is odd work. Oh, excuse me. And um, Pinky and Pepper is literally the definition of odd. <laughs> There's a bit of mixed media thrown in there also. Uh, to me, the mixed media that I'm particularly talking about is a key point of the story. And sometimes I get the vibe that the artist created that piece and then centered the whole story around that art piece. Uh, which works perfectly because it really complemented the artistry involved in making the story. Um, and something I'll always love is a good story. And when an artist goes beyond their comfort zone to make something that stays in your mind, um, it, it's a good thing. And this story has definitely stayed in my mind since I finished it. And looks like that's it for today. Follow me on my anime list at Green Moth, spelled G-R-3-3-N-M-O-T-H. Follow me on Goodreads to see what I'm currently reading and keep listening online to wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to another episode of Panel Zone Podcast. Much love.